Truth Espresso, episode 100. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, Truth Espresso listeners, this is your host, Daniel Minnick, and if you heard those first few seconds, you heard it right, this is episode 100, and so we have something special planned for this episode, and for episode 100... Our special plan is to celebrate all the other 99 episodes that we did up until this point. Well, technically, we, we did do 100 episodes if you count episode 0, which was the introduction episode. But this is the official 100th episode. And who better to celebrate episode 100 with me than my sweet, beautiful wife, Chelsea. And so, Chelsea, welcome back to Truth Espresso. Hi, and thank you for inviting me on this special episode. And so, Chelsea, you are not a stranger to Truth Espresso. You have been a guest for, I would say, probably about 15% of the episodes on Truth Espresso. And so, you've been podcasting along with me for uh, quite a few episodes. So, do you think we have something going here for Truth Espresso here? Do you like being on Truth Espresso? <laughs> oh, I wasn't anticipating that question. <laughs> it is hard being an introvert to talk into a microphone and do the podcast, but it has been a blessing to spend this time with you and just to share some of the things that we've learned or that we're learning and just hopefully that will be a blessing to other people that listen. So yeah, I really enjoy doing the episodes with you and I'm thankful for the time that you've invited me and it seems like it is a blessing to people that we've seen so far. Yeah, thank you, sweetheart. And I really do enjoy having you on, on Truth Espresso. You're my favorite guest. <laughs> and so let's uh, go summarize. Let's just kind of gallivant and stroll or maybe run through some of uh, the episodes that we did starting from the beginning and make a few comments along the way. So episode 100 of Truth Espresso is kind of like a, a smorgasbord of all kinds of crazy topics from the beginning. Oh, I love doing walks down memory lane. <laughs> well, we're certainly going to have a lot of memories as we go through uh, these episodes, starting with episode zero, which was the intro to Truth Espresso. And so, in the intro to Truth Espresso, I presented three reasons for Truth Espresso, and these reasons were that podcasting is cool and where it's at. The second was that I wanted to provide some good, clean, family-friendly content, and number three was I said that I wanted to tackle some challenging topics and make them palatable. So, babe, do you think that in our 100 episodes, or 90 and this is episode 100. Do you think we've achieved that somewhat? 
Yes, I think that's definitely been achieved and definitely you have covered a variety of different topics and I think that it's been very informative and fun and challenging. So yeah, I think you're doing awesome. No, and I would definitely say that I don't think I could have done that anywhere near as well as we've done that without your help, babe, without your knowledge on topics, especially related to abortion and uh, the medical field and even topics where we talked about the current news of the day. (laughs) You're so sweet. And so that was the introduction, so we will gallivant then through the early episodes of True Espresso. And so episodes one through six um, were about life planning and finances. And so when I started Truth Espresso, I wasn't quite sure if the podcast was going to be devoted to Christian topics or kind of some Christian topics and some secular topics, you know, just whatever I wanted to discuss that was kind of like a a pet peeve that I wanted to get out of my brain. And so the first topics that I thought about had to do with lots of people who are going to college and I wanted to address uh, the idea that a lot of the superstition around college and really help people who are going to college, young people, to realize statistically what are the best college majors for at least for earning money and then what are some of the worst ones, you know, trying to provide some advice uh, for life there because college is an important step for life. So talked about some of the best and worst college majors. So this is kind of a good time for people that are graduating since this is a graduation season for any listeners to maybe go back and listen to those first few episodes and get some ideas or insight into maybe what they should look at for planning for college this coming year. Yes, uh, great advice, babe. And, and of course, those those uh, episodes are top 10 lists, so they're by no means exhaustive of all the majors out there, but they kind of give you an idea and some reasoning why. Like, here's a category of, you know, it makes sense why some of these majors are hard to find jobs or they don't pay well. And does the cost outweigh the benefit? Is there a return on investment and so on? And then why the top 10 majors pay more and they're they're ones that might be harder to get through but once you get that degree you're a very marketable person with some technical skills that will go very far and so that was college degrees and then there's an episode about spending habits you know showing how things can really add up things that you think are just my cheap daily Starbucks coffee driving to work or something like that and things like that where it's like if you add it up over a month or over a year, then you see where the money's coming in, you know, so some tips there about finances. And then I had the law school trap. So kind of warning people who maybe they get one of those college majors early on, they graduate with their bachelor's degree, and then they get pulled into the idea of, hey, you know, why not go to law school? Hey, why not go to law school? I could become a lawyer and they, lawyers earn lots of money, right? Well, some do, some at the top earn lots 
lots of money, and then most other ones, you know, struggle to find cases, struggle to find a job. And so I gave a scenario there showing that law school can become a trap. So that's just a little bit of friendly advice there, not to jump in without, you know, looking where you're going there, being aware of what's going on. And then episode seven. We had the first guest on Truth Espresso. It was Finances and the Bible with Brennan Fox. And we talked about balancing faith with stewardship. So following Jesus' advice about take no thought for tomorrow, while at the same time being responsible there. And Brennan Fox was uh, on the list of Dave Ramsey's recommendations. If you're looking for uh, someone to help with your finances, he's on the list there. And so episode seven ended the uh, kind of life choices, personal finances series of episodes. And then episodes eight through nine were kind of fun. They were about introverts versus extroverts. So episode eight was about introverts. Episode nine was kind of like, okay, I got to throw a bone to those extroverts and, <laughs> and talk about how, you know, they have their advantages too, you know, because yours truly here admits in episode eight that he's an introvert, that I'm an introvert. And so Chelsea and I are both introverts, but we show that introverts can do podcasting. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun learning about temperaments and this was a great way just to have some insight into the differences between introverts and extroverts and not that one is better than the other because of course they both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses too, but just how amazing God made each one of us and how individual he made each one of us. And that's probably one of my favorite things about being parents is just watching your children develop their little temperaments and seeing like some of them being extroverted and some of them being introverted and just how that kind of comes out and just how God made them. So uh, yeah, those two episodes are really fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of part of my humor there. Although, you know, there was some seriousness there, but I, at being an, a self-admitted uh, introvert there, I would kind of take little jabs and little backhanded compliments to our extroverted friends, but it was all in good taste. And I compared the energy that introverts have in the social world as kind of like batteries or a battery pack that at home, when you're alone, you plug it in and, you know, you store up your energy by being alone and then you you use your battery pack when you're out of socializing whereas extroverts were more like wall outlets and so they get their energy by having other things plugged into them and so like when they're out and about in <clears throat> social situations they want to have everyone plugged into them and that's how they get their energy so it's kind of a funny illustration there to show where introverts and extroverts get their energy for socializing <laughs> oh is that why we're drained by the end of the day with our extroverted kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like okay you know it would be cool if our battery packs also had uh you know outlets in them too to help out you know like there there are battery packs or things that you can plug things into but i guess that's not the best way to illustrate introverts versus extroverts but oh, it works <laughs> and so episode 10 now we're 10 percent of the way through yay and episode 10 was dark humor in the bible and so to point out here, 
Actually, I did record episode 10 before I recorded episode 7 with uh, Finances in the Bible, the first guest, Brennan Fox. So episode 10 I actually had recorded earlier, but then I shuffled the episodes to get the interview in first. So episode 10, Dark Humor in the Bible, this is the first solo episode that I did that was focused on biblical topics. So it kind of shows my strange little brain going on there. The first thing when I'm going to focus on the Bible was to talk about dark humor in the Bible. And so, you know, we did things like the Israelites wanting the quail, and then God sends them the quail and saying, you're going to have quail till it comes out your nostrils. And, and Elijah taunting the prophets of Baal and saying that maybe their God is, you know, sitting on a commode and can't hear them, you know, things like that. That was dark humor in the Bible, so... <laughs> Oh, goodness. (laughs) And then, now, episodes 11 through 16 kind of shifted into more serious topics, but I still had some fun with it. So, episodes 11 through 16 were our abortion fiction series, and this was a response to fiction author John Irving's article in the New York Times, in which he claimed that colonial America was actually pro-abortion, and that things changed because in the 1800s, male doctors wanted to take over reproductive rights from female midwives, and apparently, according to Irving, the doctor propaganda about life beginning at conception was just to oppress women with children or something. And I I was actually writing notes for an episode that I I never finished at the time, but then my wife Chelsea here showed me this article and had me read it, and I admit when I first read it, because it was such novel information, I didn't know what to do with it. I thought, how am I going to respond to this? But then after I read it a few times, and then started doing some research i thought ho 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 this is going to be fun you know let's let's uh, tear this thing to shreds shall we so my whole thought on this episode was that i really liked that you took on the topic of abortion because mm-hmm. there are a lot of christians that don't want to speak about abortion and they're silent about it and so I definitely appreciate that you are willing to talk about this topic and present information that we need to hear. And just more on a personal note, your desire to learn more about the abortion topic is kind of what made me fall in love with you. <laughs> like um, When we were down in Pensacola Christian College and we had first met, I invited you to a pro-life banquet and a few of my friends too. And I remember that you came there and you donated some money to the cause. And you were also very interested in some of the volunteer work I was doing at the pregnancy center, doing ultrasounds for women. And I was like, wow, this man is like really interested in the passion of that God's laid on my heart for these women and for these babies. And that just really touched my heart. So Thank you for being brave and just coming alongside me in this endeavor and helping me with my passion. Oh, definitely, babe. And and thank you for falling in in love with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so episodes 11 through 16, 
Abortion Fiction. If you haven't listened to those, those were early episodes and you've been following Truth Espresso from midway through or later on or just recently, I encourage you to go and listen to those. They're pretty fun. And I learned a lot researching for replying to this article because I had to study a little history. And it's interesting because usually the focus of the abortion debate is over the science and the philosophy and Bible verses, which those, I would say, are the most important things. But then there are some people like John Irving here who try to make the case even to Christians to try to tell them, you know, did you know that uh, it wasn't until really recently that Christians actually held this anti-abortion position that you hold? Did you know that? (laughs) And some Christians might be like, whoa, I didn't know that. And then he's like, well, let me show you those Puritans that you uphold in history and show you that they were pro-abortion. Didn't know that, huh? No. Well, so then you have no reason to hold the views that you do because it's not supported by your Christian ancestors. And, and so, yeah, I think even looking at history and debunking this myth is kind of like the last factor there to keep Christians from being confused about this issue. The case against abortion is strong on every front. And I learned about uh, Dr. Horatio Storr in the 1800s when studying about the origins of the American Medical Association and how they were the pioneers against abortion and getting it illegal in all 50 states and why that happened. And then compared what things he said with Margaret Sanger in the early 20th century and the rise of eugenics. And so it's, it's interesting there to look at that history and see why did people change their minds? Why did the culture change when decades before Margaret Sanger, it was abortion was completely illegal in all 50 states and it was state by state. They were all independent there. Mm. And then kind of continuing on with uh, political topics after abortion fiction, episode 17 through 18 was a two-part series on the gender wage gap, and there were some later episodes also about that topic, dispelling the myths that, you know, essentially women are paid less for doing the same work and explaining why is there a gap, what are the primary factors, and we talked about that even in the last episode from last week, The War on Motherhood, for why starting a family is the biggest factor that determines the aggregate differences between men's and women's earnings, and there's nothing sinister about that. But yeah, people like to make a big political hot-button issue over it, and they want to close that gap, and yeah, so that's the gender wage gap. And then, episode 19, our second guest on Truth Espresso was... Tyler Vela, who grew up as an atheist, went to college as an atheist, even had an atheist professor talking about philosophy and religion and Christianity, and it was because of having to research 
the moral argument for the existence of God that this professor was basically trying to shoot down, Tyler ended up becoming a Christian. (laughs) And so we had a good discussion about that on episode 19 entitled, Why God Exists. And so we had uh, basically how Tyler became a Christian, and then we had some arguments for why we should believe that God exists, and had a little bit of uh, even presuppositionalism in there. So uh, presupposition apologetics is the idea that the God of the Bible necessarily exists and there is no justification for reason and evidence without a starting basis which necessarily is the God, the triune God of the Bible. And so it's a a very interesting uh, area of study there. I really enjoyed your interview with Tyler and just hearing how God can use even a secular professor to change the heart of an unsaved person. So that was just really amazing to see. We never know when someone will actually be ready to receive the gospel and make that heart change. So that was really amazing. Yes, definitely. It proves that God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. And now, episode 20 was uh, a strange little controversy there. The episode was entitled Chick-fil-A and the Fake News Machine, and I knew that kind of how I was explaining things in this episode didn't really fall in line with a lot of, you know, my fellow Christians as they got caught up in this controversy. The controversy was over the change in the donation plan that Chick-fil-A was taking, but the media created news about this. They took what was never said by Chick-fil-A. In other words, this was an argument from silence on their part. They turned it into news and made it as if Chick-fil-A had an explicit goal for changing their giving strategy and that it was that they were changing, you know, who they were giving to and who they were not giving to for the purpose of being more LGBTQ plus friendly. And in my view, they created news where there was really none to be had. The media was just trying to stoke the fires of controversy, hoping to reduce the revenue and support for Chick-fil-A because the media is always considered Chick-fil-A an enemy. Now, I would say that I don't like necessarily the organizations that Chick-fil-A had listed on their giving plan, but they said that each year they would pick different organizations. They were just trying to give more money to fewer organizations each year. They happen to pick those particular ones. They're not all angels, but some of those organizations they had given to in years past. So not to say that everything is perfect there, but what I would say is that the media were creating news where there's really no news or controversy that should have been had there. That was just my view. (laughs) So you mean there was fake news going on before all of the COVID stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are fake news. Yes, because this was still when uh, Trump was president. And so, you know, it seemed like fake news just came out of the woodwork to be fake news. (laughs) Hey, we're we're one-fifth of the way through. Think we can get to episode 99 before people uh, fall asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. Okay, I'm I'm just joking because I know you're all on pins and needles listening to this, thoroughly enjoying our summaries here, so... Episode 21, this was another 
fun, short episode. This was a Thanksgiving episode. It was 16 Did You Knows, and these are just fun facts. They weren't necessarily all based on the Christian history of Thanksgiving. Some of these were goofy little secular Thanksgiving observances and events from history, but, you know, it was just kind of to make your Thanksgiving day a little more fun, maybe after you've eaten some turkey and are struggling to stay awake in the afternoon, and you can listen to that to maybe wake you up and laugh. (laughs) And then episodes 22 through 23 were about equality politics, mostly about ethnicity, and we certainly have been seeing a lot of that recently. And I recorded these even before I understood all the woke politics that were exploding and were due to explode in 2020 with the the death of George Floyd, the rise of Black Lives Matter as a serious uh, contender in the political sphere. And then episodes 24 through 30, so that's a big chunk of episodes there. This was now we moved on from Thanksgiving to Christmas 2019. And these were about theology. These were purely focused on the theology from the Bible, starting with the attributes of God through the incarnation, you know, Christmas, and then to atonement. And so, I have to say that finally, 24 episodes into Truth Espresso, I finally focused on topics of pure Christianity, uh, not in the manner of dark humor like episode 10 or politically related. This was just pure Christian theology. Finally got to that in episode 24. And if you listen to that series at the end of episode 30, entitled God in My Place, I had just explained the depth of substitutionary atonement. And I was getting a little bit passionate there, and as I was reading a portion from the epistle to Diognetus, and I could see the passion in it as I was reading, you know, if you're listening to that right at the end of that episode, you could hear that I was struggling not to break down weeping. And here's the what I was reading. I, I read, O oh, sweet exchange, O oh, unsearchable operation, O oh, benefits surpassing all expectation, that the wickedness of many should be hid in a single righteous one, and that the righteousness of one should justify many transgressors. And so, yeah, after talking about how Jesus was fully God, fully man, and what this meant, and that he died in my place, and giving an illustration of what that meant, and then as I was starting to read about the sweet and amazing exchange, you know, I got a little moved by that, and so you could see some of my emotion there at the end of episode 30. (laughs) So I personally really appreciate it when I hear you get emotional, like, I know we've talked about this before about how there's the idea that, you know, men shouldn't cry or shouldn't show emotion. But to me, that is human and that shows that there's depth. And I just think it's beautiful when I see that the power of the cross can move you to emotion like that. So I I really appreciate that and enjoyed that episode. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. And yeah, so if you listen to some of the episodes, even my superhero series, the topic of who Jesus is is something that just intrigues me deeply because I see how incredibly important it is. Because it's when you look at church history, it was basic Christianity, and it was, you know, the hot button issue for about 
the first 700 years of church history. And the reason for it was what Jesus did for us and understanding what that meant depended on who he is. And so there is so much contention over that and weeding out all the heresies because it was all about substitutionary atonement. And so, yes, uh, studying that, studying what that means, and I strongly hold to penal substitutionary atonement. And the atonement is a very personal thing. It's like God in my place. That is such an amazing thing to think about. And then kind of continuing on with that note, episodes 31 through 33 are retro 2015. So back in 2015, I was trying to do podcasting. I had what is now the defunct Truth Hub podcast, but I had some good content there in the first three episodes that I had recorded and released to like zero listeners, basically. (laughs) And so I took those first three episodes and I tweeted tweaked them uh, for Truth Espresso. And so episodes 31 through 33 had a lot of good information about the deity of Jesus Christ. And then episode 34, still continuing that, uh, episode 34 was actually a Sunday school lesson that I had taught that very same morning, uh, four proofs from the Testaments that Jesus is God. So this episode is very interesting because... As I was arriving at church early in the morning to help set up, I got a phone call from the teacher who normally teaches in the class, and he asked me to substitute to teach the lesson. But it's kind of a pretty short notice there. I'm going there to help set up, and then I got to teach something, and I don't have anything prepared. But it was even shorter than I anticipated since I was helping to set up tables and chairs. And so I was worried they really needed the help. And so I was like checking at the clock and hoping, do I even get any time to write anything, an outline, a short outline, a sentence to teach something? You know, this was kind of stressful here. So I tried to think of a topic while I was setting up, and I was having a hard time as the time was ticking away. But then I figured, since I was on a trajectory on Truth Espresso about the deity of Jesus, I figured that that would probably be the easiest topic. It's kind of more on the tip of my tongue at the time. So once I finished, I had about five minutes before the class would start. So I sat at a table after setting up, and I whipped up an outline based on verses I remembered from the Old Testament that were applied to Jesus in the New Testament. And this lesson actually turned out to be an okay class. I managed to use the whole time uh, of the class, about 40 minutes, and I involved others, letting them read the verses. And this also happened to be Super Bowl Sunday, too. And so once I whipped up that outline, taught the lesson when I got back home, after eating lunch, I just took the same outline and tried to uh, repeat what I had said basically on the lesson as an episode of Truth Espresso. So I was just going to say that you're giving yourself far too little credit <laughs> by saying it was an okay class. It was a super class, and especially since it was on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> you know, seriously, it turned out really good. And I know a lot of people had really positive feedback about just the depth of seeing, you know, Jesus revealed in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and just seeing how that all fits together. It was really good. 
Yes, thank you, sweetheart. I definitely have to thank God for giving me those five minutes and giving me those verses within those five minutes so I can teach the class on short notice. And so now, episode 35, more retro 2015. This was a fun one because it was goofy fake infomercials. So I took some commercials, the fake commercials that I recorded thinking I was going to be able to make a lot of them for the Truth Hub podcast. But I took the RoboPastor 3000, uh, the Kitchen Sink Interlinear Bible that had, I forget, was it like 80 different translations or something in different languages, all on really microscopically thin columns on each page. It was the ultimate interlinear Bible. And then the Kitchen Sink WaveSave smartphone that would basically use microwaves to communicate, you know, uh, instead of a cell tower. And so then it would make the phone pretty hot and make uh, the environment pretty dangerous for people, especially if you have your cell phone filling your car up with gas and, you know, stuff like that. Or if you're phone gets hot after 30 seconds of use you you have an ironing app so you can iron your clothes with your hot phone but you know (laughs) it was that kind of silly idea you know hey the the bandwidth of this phone goes up by leaps and bounds over the cell towers but it has its caveats (laughs) i love your imagination (laughs) And I I do have to say that that idea was not really original in my mind. Back in in college, I had a a teacher who taught computer science classes, but he taught this e-business class that I was in, and he was trying to talk about technology that he thought might be in the future. So this is back in like 2002 or 2003, I forget, but somewhere around there where technology was starting to really kick off if if that's a a proper terminology there but um and he was guessing at things like newspapers with electronic ink that the words could rearrange and stuff like well we have screens that do that and clothes that would have things changing on them and stuff but he talked about how cell phone companies would love to use microwaves because they're so much more efficient and such higher bandwidth but there are certainly physical problems with using microwaves waves and he suggested that might like cook things and so i thought i would take that and make the wave save smartphone commercial (laughs) and now episode 36 we're trudging along here but this was what i said one of my favorite solo episodes i did entitled how not to let social media depress you and i actually recorded that at a hotel in texas when Chelsea, you were attending a medical pro-life conference there, and so I liked that episode, and I liked the fact that you were doing something that was uh, good. It was pro-life when I recorded that, and I actually recast this episode as a recent one, episode 98. Yeah, this is probably a good time to plug in that the month of May is actually considered Mental Health Awareness Month. And this is a great episode to listen through and just, especially if you are struggling with anxiety or depression, just kind of getting some ideas of what you can change, maybe your view of social media and how that can really increase your struggles there with that. 
And also recently, we were just able to be a part of a mini conference at our church where a guy from the Climb Ministries came in and gave some really good insight and information about depression and anxiety, too. So we could probably put a link to his website. Oh, yeah, sure. We could do that. And then after this, it seemed apropos with an episode about depression there. Then COVID hit. Episode 37 was entitled Embracing Coronanomics. And so I didn't focus so much on the medical, the science at the time, or I did have some encouragement at the end. But what I focused on, embracing coronanomics, the economics of what was going on, I looked at what I figured other people likely didn't have their mind on as things were starting to get crazy at the time, the economics of lockdown politics. And although I was staunchly opposed to government control of the situation, I didn't believe there should be any lockdown at the time, I focused on the Federal Reserve slashing interest rates and supply and demand of toilet paper and how some people were so worried about the hoarding, I wanted to give them some ease of mind, provided, because I was worried that the government might step in and try to do some price controls there that would exacerbate the problem. But I wanted to explain how supply and demand work there and how extended government intervention in the situation could devastate the economy when everyone was so worried about a virus that may or may not be as bad as was originally thought. And I recorded this episode at the beginning of the 15 days to flatten the curve, and we could see how things have evolved since then as far as policy. And at the end of the episode, I did give some silver linings about the temporary stay-at-home time, especially for Christians to think about. And now, episodes 38 through 41 and 43 through 44, you see 42 was a break there in that series, Uh, These episodes were my primer on economics, basic economics, uh, because I want Christians to understand basic economics, and you don't really get good basic economics even for most universities. (laughs) They teach you a lot of garbage, (laughs) but basic economics from understanding what really is money, how do we define that, to what is a bank and what is inflation and why so much of what goes on now with the government and stuff is morally wrong and and really how some of these things are such a recent phenomena and so i think i do think it's important for christians to understand because a lot of the policies that we have are run on this kind of system of economic thinking that is not what the Bible shows with sound money, with a commodity-backed uh, currency, not something that the government or a central bank can just create on a whim and give to their crony friends and rob from the labor of people and The Bible does say thou shalt not steal in the Ten Commandments, and sometimes Christians might forget when we have the propaganda of the current economic landscape where we do think, oh, well, the government's creating money, but they're just 
you know, they're just helping out the poor and giving relief and so on. That's that's what Christians should support. But yes, we should help the poor, but not by robbing people and not by taking away the fruits of labor by force and giving it to someone and having the middlemen uh, in government pocket a lot of the difference. So I was just going to point out on this series here on economics that I definitely appreciated you bringing up the subject of economics. And I know sometimes people are like, oh, economics doesn't have anything to do with the Bible. But like you said, you know, the Ten Commandments mentions thou shalt not steal. But a verse that I remember is First Timothy 6.10, the love of money is the root of all evil. So we have people that are hungry for power and controlling money, and you just see all of the evil that comes from that. And so I definitely appreciate your conversations about economics and just how that does contradict God's word. And then on a personal note, too, I remember that um, when we were in college and we were kind of first getting to know each other, I was kind of wanting to have you help me work on my master's thesis (laughs) and then ask you to come look that over at Panera Bread. And we didn't work on that too much. And that was more of an excuse just to spend time with you. (laughs) But I remember you were showing me some videos from like Ron Paul and different things about economics and the federal government and banking and all that stuff. (laughs) I think that was really cute. So it brings back good memories. Yeah, so single guys out there, you know, you you just might land a date even with videos talking about economics and the Federal Reserve and banking and the Great Depression and stuff, you know. <laughs> I definitely have to thank God, you know, or I'd feel like I lucked out on that. But <laughs> and so the episode 42 was kind of sandwiched in between that series because it was Easter time at the time. So I took I have an episode on the resurrection, why the resurrection is important to the atonement. And then I kind of switched back to economics for episode 45 because this was uh, the third guest that I had for Truth Espresso, and the third guest was Dr. Sean Rittenauer on the topic of economics and the Bible. And I was surprised at how quickly and graciously Dr. Sean Rittenauer agreed to be a guest on Truth Espresso. I believe he was an ordained minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, and he is a professor of economics at Grove City College. He also speaks at annual events hosted at the Ludwig von Mises Institute in Auburn, Alabama, and I'm a big fan of the Ludwig von Mises Institute. In fact, sweetheart, you and I did once attend an event hosted by the Mises Institute. We got to see some of, uh, you know, some of the greats there. Dr. Rittenauer speaks along with some of the popular scholars there, like Tom Woods, Bob Murphy, and Lou Rockwell. So I I really did enjoy the fact that he was willing to be a guest there. Uh, We talked about his experience working at the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, as well as his thoughts about the first COVID stimulus, the CARE Act. And so that was definitely a good catch and a good experience there for a guest for Truth Espresso there. And then episode 46, this is a special one, Three Motherly Role Models from the Bible. 
And what's interesting about this one, I did not know what I was going to do for Mother's Day episode, and so I came up with an idea. I created the notes for this episode in about an hour on uh, Mother's Day after church and then recorded, but this particular episode became one of your favorite episodes, sweetheart. You really enjoyed the message that I gave there with these uh, role models of women and mothers from the Bible about the desire for children, the desire to be nurturing mothers that a lot of men don't understand. And I advised husbands about how to be considerate for your wives and understand them in regard to this need uh, to be mothers, this desire that God has given them. So yeah, I remember that I had to kind of listen to it again because my memory is bad sometimes. But once I started listening to it, I remembered why that one was one of my favorites. It was just how God uses you to be a blessing to others with the podcast. And I think that was one of the times it was just a season in my life where I was really struggling with postpartum depression. And I thought that there was something wrong with me because I just love children and I'm like, like, what's wrong with me? I love children so much. And it was weird. And I don't know why that thought was upsetting me so much. I, I mean, that's just part of the postpartum depression scenario. But just hearing you present that information and that like, that's how God made us is to desire to have children and to love children. And that was just exactly what I needed. So and I didn't know what you were talking about. So when I got to listen to that episode, it was just, yeah, a tremendous blessing and encouragement to me so i just love how god uses you through these oh thank you sweetheart i enjoyed doing that and i enjoyed the insight that god gave me in such a short preparation time and yeah when i came up with those three role models i was like wow this is this is pretty good i think this is really needed in our culture And now episodes 47 through 48, The COVID Files, Volumes 1 and 2. So these were kind of fun episodes, except for the Australian guy who tried to buy TP and hand sanitizer in bulk and then sell them on eBay at rip-you-off prices. Uh, These episodes mostly make fun of politicians and all their hypocrisies and all the blunders they made at kind of do as I say, not as I do type of things related to uh, COVID during mostly the early months there. And so I got to pick on some politicians there and each uh, news article there about one of these uh, events, I would have uh, an apropos verse to kind of seal the deal there. (laughs) And so those were fun. It's, they're called the COVID files because I kind of had an, a parody of the X-Files there for these episodes. And the, even the intro and outro changed to reflect that fact and have the kind of creepy, spooky X-Files type theme there. Yeah, those are a lot of fun to listen to. <laughs> and then episodes 49 through 57... 
That's a pretty big stream of episodes there, but these were a series where we had the fourth and uh, my favorite guest for Truth Espresso, my wife, Chelsea. And we did a series of nine episodes talking about topics related to abortion. So I, I've myself have recently went back and listened to these all again because they are jam-packed with a lot of good information and very moving, very informative about abortion what is it scientifically why is it wrong how to deal with it compassionately and answering arguments that are made for abortion and also ultimately sharing the gospel in light of the abortion issue and i'll point out that there was quite a while as i would track the statistics for episode downloads where episode 55 from this series entitled shutting down the pro life position question mark was one of the most popular episodes and this is where we talked about a science fiction writer who had a series of tweets trying to present this thought experiment about a burning fertility clinic a jar of a thousand frozen and embryos and you had the choice you had a five-year-old at one end of the room and the jar of frozen embryos at the other end and you had to save one or the other if you said well i think i could save both you know that wasn't an option the option c was both die so you had to pick one and there you know there's no win-win here with his thought experiment and if you picked one if you picked to save the embryos he would call you a monster and say you aren't worthy of humanity if you picked to save the five-year-old he would say congratulations that the right that's the right choice but you just destroyed your position so that was kind of fun to pick through that and so yeah, I'm not surprised that that episode is fun, but as informative and as important in uh, dealing with the issue of abortion, the challenges against pro-life, that this episode was popular at the top of the stack for quite some time. And then after our abortion series i went solo again for a few episodes here episodes 58 through 60 were the paul krugman episodes and so i had been wanting to address paul krugman's keynesian economics for a while so i tried to teach some real economics and history while making fun of america's most famous and infamous keynesian economist paul krugman and Tom Woods and Bob Murphy, I mentioned them before because they're friends with Dr. Sean Rittenauer that I had interviewed on Truth Espresso. Tom Woods and Bob Murphy used to host a podcast called Contra Krugman. The intro described Krugman as Nobel Prize winner, newspaper columnist, and destroyer of nations <laughs> with some booming voice that made it, you know, made you chuckle when you hear him say those words so succinctly. <laughs> so Paul Krugman admittedly is highly intelligent but laughably wrong uh, the fact that people take him seriously does make him extremely dangerous and so I wanted to take those episodes there and tear apart his economics especially as he would promote the whole New York babysitting co-op thing and his wrong ideas about that 
episodes 61 through 62 kind of sprung off that because I did address Paul Krugman's ideas that World War II ended the Great Depression. And I know a lot of people believe that, that that was the case, but that's a dangerous idea because it makes us think that war is a good thing, that war actually helps the economy. And so episodes 61 through 62, I dealt with Christianity and war, and I addressed moral issues of preemptive war and economic fallacies such as war being good for the economy. No, spending money buying munitions, sending them overseas and having them get destroyed doesn't produce for the economy. Uh, It gives some people jobs at the expense of other people. And whether the war itself is necessary or not, it really needs to be put at the liability side of a spreadsheet. You know, that's the idea there. But some people think war is a boon to the economy. And that's a dangerous idea. And now, episodes 63 through 64, moving right along here, we examine democracy and show that it's not all that it's cracked up to be. We did weigh some of the benefits of it, but we also show the... uh, the cons of it, and that it may not even fit with biblical principles because ultimately pure democracy really denies moral absolutes. <laughs> because in democracy, in a pure democracy, you can vote away really anything, including uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, and so on. So there are things above democracy, things that should never be on the table for a vote. And it allows the majority to oppress and loot the minority. So those are some of the negatives that we talk about. Uh, Democracy, and really the founding fathers were not really thrilled with the idea of democracy. Uh, They wanted a republic, uh, and they wanted some things enshrined, such as the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, things specified in law that were not up to change by a vote from the majority plundering the minority. And then, episodes 65 through 66, we had our fifth guest, uh, Jamal Bandy. I really enjoyed my interview with him. We recorded a long interview, and I split it into two episodes because they covered two different topics. The first episode, 65, was how Jamal escaped from an apostolic modalistic cult. And then, episode 66, we shifted the topic to a discussion on critical race theory. And he, being a, a you know being a person of color, a black man himself, he really is at the forefront there with dealing with the idea of critical race theory. And I know that a lot of his friends and family can criticize him for his position. They think that he's compromising or giving in to white fragility, all that kind of stuff like that. So it was really cool and enlightening. He's done a lot of research from history on that, and so put a link to uh, Jamal Bandy as I'll put a link to all the guests we had on Truth Espresso here and check out his podcast, Prescribed Truth. 
Then episodes 67 through 69 was a three-episode series that was kind of fun on the topic of overpopulation. Uh, so we looked at things from Thomas Malthus in the seven, uh, end of the 1700s to Paul Ehrlich's scaremongering in the 1970s and 1980s uh, to the mysteriously evil Thanos in the Avengers movies and showed the overpopulation problem propaganda and how that is uh biblically wrong you know we can enjoy the avengers movies you know i'm not saying that because they have the idea of overpopulation we can't enjoy it he was the villain but you know just to really get into perspective that all the propagandists teaching that overpopulation is this big crisis that we have to solve somehow even if we get the infinity stones and a glove and erase half the population that's that's not really a solution because it's solving a problem that's not really a problem so your next episode's 70, 72, and 73 were basically talking about income inequality. What were some of the main topics in those ones again? So I know income inequality was a big uh, political issue, and it seems to come up with every presidential election. The idea, of course, whether you're looking at the gender wage gap, male and female in the aggregate, or for the, whether you're looking at dividing the demographics, you know, different ethnicities and looking at who's earning the most money based on different jobs. Um, the idea that I would present is because the solution that's proposed, of course, first looking at it as if it's a problem that needs to be solved. Well, yeah, there, there can be people who are working dead-end jobs and because of the choices that they make, but the idea is that we have to close every gap there is. But So we first ask the question, is this gap like a natural gap or is it based on the free choices people make? Or, you know, what's the reason for this? Is it the result of some people oppressing or withholding from others or is it the result i said of people making free choices but the idea is that freedom is the solution to everything because if you if you try to equalize outcomes by you know redistribution or you know things like quotas and jobs you can you can hurt the economy you can ultimately hurt everyone that way because people who might be good regardless of their ethnicity as i remember you mentioned babe on an early ep episode we did together that you know if, if someone's going to be a surgeon operating on your child or even yourself you want someone who actually has the skills and not some political pick to fill that position and so ultimately trying to force the equality of outcome rather than the equality of opportunity by a forced redistribution or a quota system ultimately ends up squandering wealth preventing the creation of future wealth and making everyone poor and so that's what i wanted people to understand here not every gap has to be closed by some big political goal and so episode 71 you got to have your sixth guest Joe from Walk With God. And what did you guys get to talk about on that episode? 
Oh yeah. So this episode we we did about I think it was five days before the election, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, and we were both kind of disenfranchised. Now I would say, you know, I wasn't it's not like I looked at both candidates with equal disdain, you know, but both of us felt like we didn't have our views fully represented in the election. And uh, you know, Joe said that he considered himself a centrist and I was more like libertarian in a way like I'm I want the role of government to be very small and he's kind of more like in the middle between but as we talked we kind of shared similarities and kind of tried to keep the conversation uh, away from arguing with each other and more like how we were both disenfranchised so the episode was entitled an election without representation (laughs) and so yeah, we 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 presented some good information there. He talked about gerrymandering and redis, redistricting. Uh, some representatives will keep their positions in power by redrawing the boundaries of election districts to avoid uh, the possibility of losing their position. And yeah, that was that was good to point out. And then I pointed out the the problem of representation, you know, like the House of Representatives and how when it was first created, how each representative really represented an average of about 30,000 people. But then right now, even though there are more representatives in the House, it hasn't grown enough to represent the population. So now there's a representative for every, like, I forget if it was like 800,000 people or something. So yeah, we have less representation in government there. And and that's one of the many, 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 many factors for why we have the government we have today. So this next series is kind of a fun one and really shows just the creative side of you. Episode 74 through 76 was titled The Tale of the Superblians. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this was kind of an idea that I had for a while. You know, like I I would sometimes in the back of my mind entertain the idea that I should write some science fiction novel that's kind of like a way of teaching about the political landscape, but in a way of having aliens invade, but the aliens that were invading are good aliens and they're helping out, but it would be kind of a satire on the way we see things today with all the politics of pitting people against each other. And especially as I talked about things like income inequality and the gender wage gap and all kinds of things like that, that the aliens assimilated into the human populace, there would eventually be bias against them because since they were superior, they would uh, naturally, you know, do better in the economy, even though they were responsible for why the economy would be getting so good people's lives would be so improved but because people are so focused on equality of outcome rather than equality of opportunity or it doesn't matter if the poorest among us their lives are improved by leaps and bounds all that matters is do the top one percent you know are they so much better off than the bottom you know that's you know that's so i was attacking that political idea 
ideology by explaining how because of the superblians who were like 10 times better than the best of the humans, but they only came to help humans, they made life so much better, but oh my goodness, they fare so much better than the poorest humans. That's unfair, that's unjust, and then the tables turn against them. So this was my foray into a short science fiction series with a semi-dystopian lesson in economics and politics. So yeah, as I said, the aliens are good and they help the world's economy, but people eventually let the politics of inequality kill the goose that ultimately laid the golden egg. And I mentioned that uh, Keith Helsley and Nathan Caldwell of the Quest for Truth podcast really enjoyed this series, The Tale of the Superblians, and ultimately a later episode, you know, they interviewed me about that. Yeah, that was cool. Um, episode 78, The Christmas Promise of Isaiah 9-6. So, yeah, this was, uh, Christmas was coming up, so I got to, had to do a Christmas episode. I wondered, okay, I don't want to just repeat what I did last year. Uh, this was Christmas 2020. And so I figured I was reading Isaiah 9, 6 recently, and I thought maybe I should just focus on that verse and any verses in the context and really try to get Christians familiar with some of the issues surrounding that and how maybe even like Jews might interpret that and how they reject the Messiah. So I walked through Isaiah 9, 6, word for word, phrase for phrase, basically, and even looked at Isaiah 7, 14 in depth. So Isaiah 9, 6 is the one that says that the child will be born, the son given, and he's, his name shall be called. You know, we have the words that would seem to point to his deity. And then Isaiah 7, 14 was about the virgin birth. So we looked at that, proved the virgin birth, uh, and then proved the deity of the Messiah King promised in Isaiah 9-6. So basically the verse was unwrapping the Christmas promise of Isaiah 9-6, like unwrapping a Christmas gift. Yeah, I like Christmas episodes. They're always really special that time of year. Yeah, I definitely enjoy doing them. Okay, we are on a long string of episodes here. Episodes 79 through 82, 84 through 87, 89, and 93 through 94. We have your Is Jesus Like Superhero series, which is really an awesome series. If anyone has not listened to these, I highly recommend them. Um, I know our kids really enjoy these too, being superhero fans. <laughs> and it just really helps you kind of understand all the different views there are on who Jesus Christ is. So can you explain a little bit of this? Yes, and and I thought it was it was pretty cool. Like our oldest son, he drew this diagram as we're talking about some of these issues he drew this diagram with some of the superheroes of jesus and uh, the diagram was very informative explaining how the different superheroes would represent super or human and how jesus was both super and human you know compared to these other superheroes and so that's kind of the information i talked about in this series so in the series is jesus like 
insert your favorite superhero here. It was a walk through church history to look at uh, a lot of the wrong ideas about Jesus and to illustrate them with superheroes. Because sometimes, you know, if we try to look at what is adoptionism and what is Eutychianism and Nestorianism and trying to just explain that in a way. But if you have a picture uh, to illustrate that, especially a superhero, because who doesn't like superheroes? And so that that's how I did that to illustrate. And it's interesting how a lot of these ideas about Jesus in church history kind of fall in line with one of these superheroes. It's almost like the superheroes were made to represent wrong ideas about Jesus in church history. And so the correct view of Jesus is that he is one singular person, but with two full and complete natures. They're not mixed together. They're not so separate as to make him two different persons. So one person with two natures, this is called the hypostatic union. And this series is not entirely done. Eventually, I'll get to kind of the appendix. Uh, I'll do some episodes after the Council of Chalcedon, where we answer the question, is Jesus like Captain America? So several centuries later, there was uh, a controversy, you know, that spawned as a result of this. It was mostly political, but... So we still have a few, at least one or maybe two episodes of the series tentatively asking the question, is Jesus like Doc Ock? (laughs) Awesome. So episode 82 was a bonus and we did this one together and we called it taking a step back when chaos hits. Yeah, so I know this was not long after the January 6th infamous event where Trump supporters went into the Capitol and I think the media totally overblew the situation. They called it like an insurrection and stuff. And it's not to say that they should have done this. I think they shouldn't have done it because they basically played into the media's hands there. But, you know, there were some rowdy people. But comparing that with things like the BLM riots during the summer, you know, there's no comparison there to the level of violence, but politicians like to make Capitol Hill this religiously sanctified place. And so the fact that people entered the Capitol there, even though they didn't really do much damage, it was like, oh my goodness, this you defiled the holy place. And I think that's why they made it such a big deal as if our democracy, you know, <laughs> is uh, on the threshold of collapse. If we don't do something about this, you know, so that was one of the things. And, you know, there are other issues that, you know, we talked about how to handle stress from the word of God and not let things, you know, like politics really get you down. You know, we just want to take a step back, take a breath, remember that God is in charge. And so that was basically the advice there. All right. Episode 88. Moving right along. COVID vaccines and Christian conscience. I think this was another episode we did together, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> and it was, a, in fact, a very popular episode of True Espresso. So, 
we talked about the bad as well as some of the promising innovations that may be in store for the mRNA technology that's currently being dispatched in these COVID vaccines. If it, it seems promising if it weren't being rushed to global production for a virus that has been highly politicized. So I know we both have some angst about these vaccines and we talked about some of the moral qualms, you know, and even like how connected are they with fetal cell lines and stuff like that. But, you know, we tried to give the listener some information with which to evaluate whether they should or shouldn't be vaccinated. Yeah, this this turned out to be a very popular episode. And I think given the political landscape, you know, it, it makes sense for sure. <laughs> And since we did that episode, um, the Johnson Johnson vaccine has been put on hold for now because of complications from that. So it's just, yeah, again, just like being really cautious of things that get pushed out quickly and aren't fully tested. Yeah. And if I recall the AstraZeneca one, at least it had a, a lot of problems, you know, the media based on the, they were causing blood clotting and stuff like that so there were i think at least in in maybe one country that one got put on hold for some time (laughs) Um, let's see episodes 90 through 92 we did discussions on the equality act yeah so we discuss we asked uh in these three episodes questions about the equality act uh, just to show how dangerous it was we both read through the equality act and it's not a very long thing and it and it doesn't when you look at the wording in some ways if you're not really thinking through it 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 seems somewhat harmless now you know as christians we see the language talking about transgender and stuff like that or it's like okay why should that be enshrined into law that we have to like treat that when we know it's morally wrong (laughs) but really you have to read between the lines and when you read between the lines of this act it goes from bad to worse because we talked about things like the problems of men pretending to be women and entering restrooms and how if this thing went became law women and children could be highly compromised you know and we fought to protect them against this kind of garbage and then this act under the guise of equality and the focus on transgender you know getting equal access to whatever this act has even upset some feminists you know because womanhood is basically erased from that and so you know in some ways it's like conservative christians and feminists end up being on the same side of this thing Uh, we'll see where that goes i guess praying that it doesn't go through Yeah, I mean, I think that at least given the way elections have gone and stuff recently, it's like, okay, anything can happen. But given the way the votes currently are represented in in the Senate, uh, there could be there's a good chance that it won't go this time. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Episode 95 of superbolians and superheroes yeah so this was the first episode in which i was the guest this time to talk about how truth espresso got started and to answer keith and nathan's longing questions about the tale of superbolians and the series on is jesus like a superhero 
And so, you know, they, they really liked those series, and so they wanted to ask me about that. This is Keith Helsley and Nathan Caldwell from the Quest for Truth podcast, and so I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So was that fun to be on the other side of it, being interviewed and asked questions and Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's very, you know, when the tables turn like that, I mean, I guess you don't have to prepare as many notes, maybe because you don't know what for sure exactly we're going to be asked. Now, you know, we did have some email correspondence there, so I did prepare some things, but, you know, you got to be in some ways freer when you're the guest. So in some ways, there's less preparation, but more the ability to talk freely and answer questions. Now, this wasn't the first time that I was actually interviewed on a podcast. I was on Andrew Rappaport's The Rap Report to talk about economics in the Bible back earlier on in the COVID pandemic. So I have been interviewed before. I've also, back in 2011, I was on a radio show called Bob Enyart Live to talk about a book that I had written back then. So I know what it's like to be interviewed on a show. But yeah, this is definitely special. <laughs> nice. Well, we're winding down. We're getting closer. Episode 96, Retro 2018. Uh, yeah, so this episode, Retro 2018, Truth Espresso, Early Drafts. And so this was a time when I was kind of ill, and so I had a hard time speaking much. And so I took some drafts from back in 2018 when I was uh, trying to record episodes and figure out the format. I wasn't sure if Truth Espresso was going to be like five-minute episodes five days a week or ten-minute episodes three days a week or 20 minute episodes two days a week or eventually settled on the easier one episode a week we're more free to as far as the length and don't have to prepare notes for a plethora of different topics and divide them up and stuff but yeah so i had recorded some short episodes on topics and then i so i took a few of those and fit them in to make one episode of truth espresso and i think we had some good content there as i was drafting out the podcast and then episode 97, we did a rewind on how not to let social media depress you. That was your episode 36. Yeah, so I know that I, I, in some ways, I used to be proud of the fact that I'd never done a rewind episode, like re-airing, republishing one that I'd done before, but this time I was still ill, and so I figured this one is actually, you know, one of my favorite solo episodes that I did, as I mentioned before, and I think it was a good apropos topic. And given that now the month of May was, uh, what was it, uh, Depression Awareness Month or something? Mental like, Health Mental awareness. Health Awareness Month. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of fits there. Yeah. All right. Episode 98, The Roots and Fruits of Critical Race Theory. Yeah, so this was another episode that we did together, and I think it turned out pretty great, babe. We talked about the critical race theory that has, seems to have swept the world by storm. Is that a mixed metaphor there? <laughs> 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 Taken the world by storm, swept through, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and we 
looked at the roots and fruits of critical race theory. So the root is Marxism. Uh, we prove that from the forerunners and any really any dictionary or article that talks like about what is a critical theory. It was all came from Marxism. And then the fruits of critical race theory is basically mayhem. So you have Marxism and mayhem from uh, critical race theory. And we addressed a little bit at the end about how this is coming into churches and it causes division in the church rather than the unity that we should find in Christ and that our focus is not in our ethnic identity, although we should praise God for how he made us fearfully and wonderfully made, but we can unite with each other in our common bond of who Christ is rather than who we are ethnically. So episode 99. Yay. (laughs) This was one that I really enjoyed doing with you. It's called The War on Motherhood. And we did this one for Mother's Day. Yeah, so this was definitely, you know, I, I I was trying to figure out what to do for Mother's Day. I even entertained the idea of doing a rewind with the one from last year, uh, the three motherly role models from the Bible, or I thought about, okay, can I come up with three more role models and do an, a sequel episode there with different mothers? And then as I was looking at news articles and stuff and talking about like feminist politics and stuff, I thought, hey, why not do an episode about the war on motherhood that we face in the culture? And so we look at how radical feminism despises motherhood and how it shackles women where they think they're being freed, but they end up overburdened and shackled by a political agenda that doesn't have their interests in mind. It doesn't value motherhood. It doesn't value children. And it destroys. It's a war against the nuclear family. And so that was that was a a fun episode to do with you, sweetheart. Yay! So there we have it. We walked through 99 episodes and an episode zero that we did on Truth Espresso. So if you haven't listened to all of them, I hope that our little summaries there maybe whet your appetite to go back and binge listen. Hey, it would help with the download count, so you'd be doing us a favor here. So there you go. Celebrating 100 episodes of Truth Espresso. Yay! <laughs> And now, before we end this, which I know it's been an hour and a half, but before we end this episode 100, I want to look at the top three most downloaded episodes of the 100 that we've done so far. So, episode 90, coming in at number one. Episode 90 was released March 8th, and this was entitled, Would the Equality Act Save Us from Discrimination? So, babe, we did our three-episode series on the Equality Act, and that first one that we did is at the top. So, congratulations to you, sweetheart. You... You know, you're indispensable for Truth Espresso's popularity, and we did great episodes together on the Equality Act. Thanks. <laughs> Aw. And then, coming in at number two, episode 92, released March 22nd, entitled, Would the Equality Act increase abortions so this was the third episode of that series and so the top two episodes are two episodes that we did together on the equality act and so thank you sweetheart for helping boost downloads with uh talking with me about the equality act good thing this is only audio <laughs> <laughs> 
now because I'm pretty sure I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) And now coming in at number three, episode 88, released February 23rd, entitled COVID Vaccines and Christian Concerts. And guess what? That was another episode that Chelsea did with me. And so thank you, Chelsea, for three episodes at the top of the download list. Oh, of course. I just wanted to tell you thank you for letting me be a part of some of these podcast episodes and the ministry that you have here. I think that is just a blessing to work with you and study these topics together and just kind of bring our different thoughts about these subjects uh, to the listeners. And I just pray that these episodes are a blessing to the people that listen to them. And thank you, babe, for all of your time and study, thought, and preparation that you put into these podcasts each and every week. I know that God just really uses you and your uh, amazing intelligence and your way with words um, to bless me and to bless other people. So congratulations on your 100th episode and I'm very proud of you and love you so much. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. And we can celebrate that together with the episodes, with your contributions to Truth Espresso and making it where it is now. And so also I would like to thank the guests that were on Truth Espresso for these first 100 episodes. I'd like to thank Brennan Fox, uh, Tyler Vela, Sean Rittenauer, Chelsea Minnick, my lovely wife, and Jamal Bandy. I will provide links to your websites uh, and podcasts. And I think there was something exciting that you wanted to say at the end of this. Yes, I did want to mention something exciting. So I just want to let you know that we have something special planned in the works that's coming up soon. Now, I can't tell you what it is, but so you got to keep listening to Truth Espresso because I'm going to eventually pretty soon announce something special that we'll be releasing pretty soon. But if you listen to Truth Espresso, you'll find out what it is. Oh, you're going to make us wait. (laughs) All right. Yep, got to get those downloads racked up, baby. (laughs) Oh, it's not all about the downloads, though. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's not. But, you know, I'm just not ready to announce a particular date yet. So that's why we're going to keep it secret and special. Sounds good. And so, celebrating 100 episodes of Truth Espresso, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope it encourages you to maybe catch up where you haven't listened and continue to support Truth Espresso by listening and downloading and appreciate your support and your prayers as we continue on this journey together in faith and all the glory be to God. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 